You're going to find out in just a few minutes how important that song was. That was perfect uh, for us this morning. Before we jump into the, 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 the big meat, uh, D now, folks, how are we doing? Okay. D now leaders, how are you doing? I saw some D now leaders walking in this morning. They were hurting pretty bad. They were hurting pretty bad. Students look pretty good. Uh, I, I think they're used to staying up till one o'clock in the morning. Uh, leaders, not, not so much, I don't think. So they, they've had a they've had a good weekend and finished strong though. So pay close attention. Uh, this is a great way to wrap up uh, what we're what you're doing this weekend. And for the rest of you, you're fresh as a daisy, right? You're ready. So let's do it. Yeah. Even some of you that are fresh don't sound as. Uh, as good as the uh, people that have been going at it all weekend. Hey, so we are wrapping up uh, this morning. We've been talking about mission and vision. Uh, vision, I should say, vision and stewardship. And the last three weeks talked about changing lives, loving others, growing followers. Finished last week with a project for you. You were supposed to be thinking of a growth engine for yourself. How you could be working towards a greater level of spiritual growth in your life. And so I gave you that project to be thinking about that and actually put something into practice uh, this week. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on who actually did that. I'm going to share with you mine, though. My, my area of growth for 2018, I'm not calling it a resolution. I'm just going to call it an area of growth, is that 2018 is gonna, going to be the year of the journal. And my experience with journaling is hit and miss. I get in, I get in waves where I'm pretty good, and then I'll leave my journal just sitting there for weeks, if not months at a time, and nothing happens. And so in 2018, I am making it a point to uh, pick up my journal, write a little bit about what God's doing in my life, where he's growing me, where he's changing me. Because if we're not growing, if we're not growing as followers, if we're not growing deeper in our love for God and our knowledge of God and what God's doing in our life, then we're missing the boat. As, as the people of God, as a church together, this is what's going to make us attractive, I believe, to the world around us. They're going to see what's happening in our lives. They're going to see what God is doing in our lives. And they're going to say, I want a piece of that for myself. And so we need to be growing followers of Jesus. So our vision statement is... Changing lives, loving others, growing followers. This is a statement of what's possible. It's a picture of the future that we want God to create in this place. And so that's our goal. And if it is our goal to create that kind of future and that kind of community within the body here, those are, can be overwhelming. When you think about those, and I look at, at, at those statements especially the changing lives part, I, I, I think to myself, that's God's business. That's what God does. I can't change somebody's life. I can't change somebody's mind. I can't change somebody's heart. God does that. But the beauty that we're finding out is God's using us as his people to bring about that change. The change that happens in people's lives, God's using us as his tools to make that happen. And so when we think about values, this morning I'm, I'm going to quickly, and, and I can assure you we will be revisiting this idea of vision and values as a, as a group. But this morning, I want us to land on our values. And when we think about these, these core values as a part of our ministry, these are the things that represent our priorities that are gonna, going to be part of our culture as a people together. Uh, these are what drive us forward. And if you're a leader within a ministry, if you're a ministry leader this morning or within a ministry, these values that, that I'm going to touch on today 
must be central in some way to the, the ministry of our church together. And they're an important part of our planning, and they drive the direction that we want to go as a, as a church together. And the beautiful thing is they are, values are specific to each organization. Certainly you'll listen to these five and you'll go, yep, that, those are good. But you know, we, we could roll five other ones out here that would be just as biblical, just as important. But for us as a people, these are the five with your executive board that we've landed on and we're saying these are the things that we want to drive us forward together as, as a church. So let's start. The first of our core values is Jesus. Now you might say, that doesn't sound like a value. How is Jesus a value? And I'm going to suggest that not just Jesus, but the message that Jesus brings is central to who we are as a people. As a matter of fact, when I gave a list of things to your executive board as potential values for the church, and I said, you know what, give me your top 10. And I think I gave them maybe a list of 20 things that I thought would be church value worthy. And I said, feedback to me, give me your top 10. Every single executive board person had Christ-centered in their top five. This is who we need to be. And so we just got done singing, Jesus, only Jesus. We sing Christ alone, cornerstone. We, we recognize this, it, it's the person of Jesus that is central and the person that, that makes us distinct from other spiritualities that exist in our world. It's the person of Jesus. Jesus himself said that his church would be built on the proclamation that he is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. He said that in Matthew chapter 16. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 that there can be no other foundation that a person would lay in their life if their life is going to flourish. No other foundation other than Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So real quickly, what do we believe about Jesus? Well, we believe Jesus is God. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning the Word was with God and the Word was God. Everything that has been created has been created by Him. He's fully God. In fact, the religious leaders of His day knew that that's what He was saying. That's one of the reasons they were so angry with Him is that some of the things He was saying, He was indicating that He was equal with God. And this troubled them, bothered them to the point that they called for His execution. Jesus is God. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. All creation, our relationships, physical creation, our spiritual lives, our image with God is broken by sin. And, and it's only through the person of Jesus, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, his victory over death, that he was able to give us victory from, from the sin in our life. There's numerous places that we could cite this, but I want us to go to Romans chapter 5 and chapter 6. If you, wanna, if you can turn there real quick, we're going to jump around a little bit this morning, but if you can find Romans chapter 5, I'm going to look at verse 8, and then we're going to jump into verse 6. And I want you to hear Paul's heart about who Jesus is 
as the Savior of the world. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jump into chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. The fact that he was the sacrifice for our sin. He bled, he died, so that we could have forgiveness from our sin. 1 John 4, you don't need to look it up, but 1 John 4, verse 14 and 15 says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Thirdly, Jesus changes lives. Jesus changed lives when he walked this earth. He healed people. He cast out demons. Their lives were transformed as they encountered him as a human being on this earth. When Jesus was crucified, rose again, and resurrected, his Holy Spirit came and his followers were transformed by the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. And even today, right now, as we sit here, many of you could talk about the fact that Jesus has changed your life. That's what Jesus does. We've talked about it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, when we were in Christ, we were a new creation. We're transformed. Jesus is God. He's the Savior of the world. He changes lives and lastly, Jesus taught about a new way of living. So it's not just about the future. It's not just that I'm looking forward to heaven, which I certainly am. But Jesus gave a blueprint, a new way of living. Many times Jesus said when he was teaching, hey, you have heard it said, and then he finished the statement. And then he would say, but I say to you, and then he would lay out a, a brand new way of looking at that truth. So we, we recognize that as we follow Jesus, it's a different way of living. It's not the way the rest of the world proposes. It's a new way of living. Jesus is a core value of, of what our church, our ministry is and needs to be about. Secondly, second core value, word. The word of God. God's revealed himself to us in his word. It's authoritative. Again, it's a living Thing that transforms our minds, our hearts, our lives. It confronts us. It changes us. You don't believe me? Look at uh, 2 Timothy 3.15. We're familiar with it. Many of us are familiar with it, I should say. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. What is it useful for? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God confronts us where we have a deficiency, where we have a need. Hebrews 4 says that the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, it divides soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It changes us. God's word changes us. So as a value, we need to recognize that God's word is an instrument of this change. 
And as a church, we desire to see that change in our, in our own selves. And so we recognize that Scripture, the Word of God, must have a great place in our ministry. We must provide for a greater study, a greater understanding of what the Bible teaches. The Word of God is a value. Thirdly, reach. We've got Jesus, we've got Word, we've got reach. Reach is a value. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. So I want to suggest that our lives should be a hand extended, that we should be reaching, that we are the body of Christ, that as God works through us, we are His, we are Jesus' body in the world. So our lives should be a hand extended, reaching out to those that are lost, those that have a need. It should not be a hand clenched, arms crossed, we've got what we need and we're going to protect ourselves. Our lives, our ministry should be a hand open, outreached, looking for those that have a need, those in our community, those maybe right around us, maybe within our own family. Perhaps someone sitting near you today. Jesus said, go. He said it. In Matthew 28, it's the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus said, go. He didn't just say go. He modeled go. He modeled it. In Luke 19, Jesus was walking through a town, and there was a gentleman there whose name was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had climbed up into a tree so he could see Jesus passing by. When Jesus went by, he said a number of things to him. But one of the things he said is, Today, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. So Jesus didn't just say, hey, you guys go. Jesus modeled it. He went into his community. He went into his world. He he went in to make an impact with what was going on around him. Jesus reached. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. Our fourth value, grow. Now, I landed pretty hard on grow last week, so I'm not gonna, going to spend a lot of time with that this morning. But it's, it must be a core value of who we are. We must be growing deeper in our understanding of our faith. We must be going, growing deeper in our knowledge of God. We must be growing deeper uh, in relationship to one another, encouraging one another. It's, it's who we are. In Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 15 and 16, and I will just read this verse related to, and and we used it last week. Ephesians 4. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's It's a clear mandate in our scripture that we should be growing deeper in our understanding of who Jesus is. It's a value. It's a core value of what we want to be about as a church. And then lastly, serve. Jesus came and served with incredible humility. I believe it's one of God's greatest attributes is his attribute of generosity, that that God so loved that he gave, that he gave. He sent Jesus to come and be a servant in our world. 
Jesus emptied himself. He set aside his attributes of, of his being part of the Godhead and became a hum, human being and served those people that followed him. It's an incredible attribute of who God is. In fact, Jesus said that whenever you do these things, you visit the stranger, you offer them something to eat or drink, you give them clothes, you visit the person in prison. He says, when you do those to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Jesus calls us, modeled for us, calls us to be servants. It's part of who we are. It's who we need to be. 1 John 4, again, no one has ever seen God, but when we love one another, God is in us and his love is made complete in us. We complete the circle. We, come, we become most like God, I believe, when we love and serve those people around us. Now, my good friends, my D-Now folks, revival what? Revival? Not survival. This week, I believe they've been modeling these last two values for us. This idea of growth and this idea of service. They've been spending time in the Word of God. They've been spending time in our community. I want to show you a quick video of what, a little bit of what happened with them this week. If we could play that, Sean.
Now I'm, now, I'm not sure that jumping into the, a swimming pool in the middle of the night is the uh, epitome of spiritual growth necessarily, but I will suggest that uh, what they were uh, learning, and, uh, learning and doing together fits right in with the values of grow and serve. And so what I want to encourage us as, as a church body, that even as you as an individual part of our family here, that we'll embrace the values, these values, Jesus, word, reach, grow, serve. These are the things that are going to point us towards our vision of seeing lives changed, people getting loved, and growing as followers. And so I believe that stewardship is a value. It, 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 may, not make, it may not make our list of our, our five core values, but this, this idea of stewardship is managing now the things that God's given us. And sometimes I think we get caught up in this idea that stewardship is just about the big things. It's about our budget. It's about my marriage. It's about my career. And we think the best way that we can serve God is we do something with big impact. However, I believe that as we're faithful in those smaller things, God will use them to do great things. Stewardship means managing God's resources in a way that brings glory to God. And so as we think about the resources that God's placed in our lives, certainly there are financial resources, but there is, there is so much more that makes up our stewardship in the body of Christ that we must manage and use the resources God's placed in our lives to bring glory to him. And so I want you to think about that. I believe God's positioning us to make a tremendous impact in his kingdom. And that we will see lives changed because people are being faithful, because people are willing to grow in their faith. And if you haven't jumped on board to say, you know what, I want to be a part of that, I want to encourage you today that you can jump in and join us in this effort. God wants to see his kingdom grow, and it's going to happen through his people. We can do this together. Let me pray for us. God, I'm so grateful for this church, so grateful for the, the vision that you've given us to see lives changed, to love others, to grow as followers, and that you've provided in, in, in our discernment, you have provided these values for us, that we want to make Jesus central to what we do, that we want to be students of your word, that we want to reach into this community, we want to grow deeper, and we want to serve those around us. Would you continue to work in our hearts and lives and in this place to make us the people you want us to be. Amen. As we're coming to the end of this time, I mean, we've been together this month on this very idea of vision, stewardship, values. And I, I want to encourage you to, as we conclude this morning, as we sing together, just make this your commitment, that we're, that we're laying our heart and our soul on the line saying, you know what, God, you are, you're the reason we're here. This is what this is about, and, and I want to be all in as part of that. Would you stand and join us as we finish up together?